0: Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. Well, let's go ahead and get into the message this morning. I had uh, I had fun with this one as I was putting it together. I'm I'm kind of I don't know if you know this about me, but words are important and and titles, message titles are like a really big deal to me and. Sometimes I'll think a couple days on it, like, what do I want to name this? But the title of today's message is this, Better Than a Stick in the Eye. Better Than a Stick in the Eye. Tom just looked like, man, dude, you need to work on that a little harder. Has anyone ever said that? I'll do that sometimes. You know, something happens, I'm like, well, it's better than a stick in the eye. How many would agree? Stick in the eye is not a good deal. That's right. But I want to talk today about judgment. Say judgment. I want to talk about this idea of judgment and how, you know, a lot of times we tend to hold on to this judging attitude. And when we do, it really allows and keeps resentment and grudges alive. Because we have to find this way to get past that. Because if we don't, it tends to ward off healthy forgiveness. And how many know forgiveness is important? Jesus talked about it. Jesus said, forgive as I have forgiven you. And man, I go right back to the picture of the cross. Humanity had done him wrong, hanging on a cross. He says, forgive them. I'm like, how am I supposed to forgive like that? He's like, not on your own. It's with my power, my strength, and my ability. But see, we have to get past this idea of judgment. And Jesus really talks about this. It's part of his Sermon on the Mount. Uh, This Sermon on the Mount came early uh, in the ministry of Jesus and his teaching. But it was written about 50 years after he had passed and risen again and ascended. But what we're reading today, it's very specific about not judging others before looking at your own life. But let me say this. I think a lot of times this teaching, this teaching, well, I'm from the South now, this teaching, that, I love Southern people, sorry, don't mean to offend. <laughs> but a lot of times this teaching can be surrounded by kind of weirdness when it's taught. And it becomes this whole thing where, where Jesus is, you know, we think he's saying things that he really isn't. And if we're not careful, like anything, it doesn't really help with us being judgmental. In fact, it encourages, I believe, a greater judgment of self, and I believe it's often misunderstood. And so today I want to start in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. We'll be looking at the New Living Version today. But this is Jesus speaking. I, I absolutely love this. Verse 1. He says, do not say what is wrong in other people's lives. Then other people will not say what is wrong in your life. I mean, it seems pretty simple. In other words, another version says, do not judge lest you be judged, right? It's that whole idea of you're going to get back what you give. Verse 2, you will be guilty of the same things you find in others. When you say what is wrong in others, your words will be used to say what is wrong in you. You ever heard that saying, you know, when you point your finger at someone, there's three pointing back at you? See, this is how judgment works. And so sometimes when we judge, we maybe feel vindicated or we feel like we're calling something out. But all we're doing is we're bringing that same judgment right back on us. Now, I've heard people, I believe, preach wrongly not understanding, maybe bad interpretation, that if you judge people, God's going to judge you. But this isn't talking about God's judgment. This is talking about human judgment. So he's saying, let's be careful to not judge others. Look at this. He says, why do you look at the small piece of wood in your brother's eye and do not see the big piece of wood in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Let me take that small piece of wood out of your eye when there is a big piece of wood in your own eye. Verse 5, you who pretend to be someone you are not, first, what does he say to do? Take the big piece of wood out of your own eye. Then you can see better to what? To take the small piece of wood out of your brother's eye. I love this analogy. I love what Jesus is saying here. We're going to break this down a little bit this morning. But I have a question for you. How often have you been on the receiving side of judgment? Think about that. I think every single one of us can say we have. How often have you been on the receiving side of judgment? For those who have, when you read these words of Jesus, it completely and totally resonates with us, doesn't it? It's like, yes, that's right, Jesus. Quit judging me. Quit looking down on me, right? This this is like vindication for those who maybe judge us or put us down. These words are powerful. I mean, it's not like these words were said by, by your cousin Carl or by a guy at work, right? Or, or by you know your neighbor next door. These words were said over two thousand years ago by the founder of Christianity. These words were spoken by Christ Himself. And so for me, as a follower of Christ, as a follower of Jesus, when I see these words, I feel like, man, this resonates with me. When people judge me, I can just say, you know what? Jesus said, quit judging me. That's not your job. That's not what you're supposed to do. So if you've ever been hurt by someone's judgment, I believe that his words bring comfort to your soul, don't they? It really speaks to anyone who's been told that they don't measure up, that they don't fit in, that they aren't worthy. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? How often have you been on the receiving side of judgment? That's an easy question for most of us to answer. But how about this one? How often have you been on the giving side of judgment? Ouch. In other words, you're the person who's actually judging the other. If I were to be honest with you, I think that I've probably been on the side of judgment more often than being the one who's been judged. I'm just being honest. I think it's easy to do. It's, it's easy to uh, view someone in, in, a, in a certain way and begin to judge their actions. I mean, sometimes we're faced with this, if, if not weekly, sometimes even daily, this opportunity to judge people that we see by what they say, maybe who they associate with, what political party they belong to, what their theology is, all these different ideas. And Jesus is calling us to a life of not judging. So how do we do that? But here's what I've learned from really this honest assessment of my life. When I see these judgments coming forth from my own life, I realize something, that I will never change and experience transformation in my life when I'm fixated and focused on other people's weaknesses. Did you catch that? I will never be changed or experience transformation in my life when I'm fixated and focused on other people's weaknesses? Listen, I know it's easy to do, but when we're looking at the external and we're looking at others, how do we see transformation in our own life? Because I really, truly believe this, that transformation never comes from an eternal or as it should say external focus. Real change, real transformation, transformation never comes from an external focus on other people. Transformation always comes when work is done internally. This is what I found in my journey. When I want to see even something in my own life, when I want to see it change, it has to start from in here. It's an internal work. You know, the scriptures say that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if you think you're something you're not, even if you aren't that thing, you will act like that thing. I mean, isn't that the whole story of humanity? If you go all the way back to the garden story, I mean, the great deception, the great lie was to convince Eve and Adam that they weren't like God. But they already were. And so they believed the lie and they said, I have to do things. I have to jump hurdles and go through hoops to be like God, but the truth all along is that they were made in his image and likeness. So how can we change this posture in our life? How do we move from judging others to transforming ourselves? I think the first question we need to ask is this. Why am I judging? Say that with me. Why am I judging? Say it again. Why am I judging? I think we need to have a self-understanding as to why... We judge others. When judging others, think about this, we're so focused on them that, that we are so, we're so externally focused that we have no understanding as to why we're judging. I call this blind spots. We're looking so much out here at other people's faults and issues that we never have a chance to look internally at our own issues. Does this make sense? I was reading this uh, Harvard uh, study that was done. They did some research And it shows that the human brain has two processors. The first processor is the conscious processor. Right? This is the part that navigates the world, you know, through your will and choice. In other words, we know exactly what we're doing. I see something. I make a decision. I go that way. Makes sense? That's your conscious processor. But then there's another processor of our brain called the subconscious processor. Now, this is more... More reflective, it's more reactive, it's more of just the reaction to things subconsciously. Let me say it like this they're just automatic. Have you, ever, have you ever done something or said something? And I mean, maybe you didn't even realize you did, but you get to that place in maturity where you start to go, Whoa, where'd that come from? Why didn't I say that? That was a subconscious processor working, and so it's a reaction. You know, I was talking to my therapist one day, and he says, you know, we, we really need to, as we get closer and closer to the truth of who we are, to that real self, he says what happens is rather than reacting to things in life, we begin to respond to things in life. And I was like, whoa, can I, can I steal that? Can I use that? That's good. Because so many times, we just react to situations, But then you look at Jesus, who even sometimes would take like even a break or maybe not even speak or answer right away. Why? He was processing consciously. How do I answer or not answer this question? How do I respond to the situation versus react? And so, in this research, as I was reading, it's shown that when we meet people, we automatically, subconsciously judge them. I mean, it's just automatic. In fact, I can demonstrate that to you right now. Look at the screen. Did anyone read that? Literally? See, those of you who can speak and understand English could not see those words without reading them, it was automatic. It was an automatic reaction, automatic response. Because you know English, your subconscious automatically reads it. Guess what? It's the same with our judgments of people. Now, here's the thing. Most of it is benign. Most of it's harmless, right? Like, oh, they have an accent. Maybe they're from England. Oh, wow, I can tell they're from this culture, Right, these different things that we see. Oh, I can kind of see what their interest is, or you know what, where they come from, their background. We can see those things. It's just harmless, and it's normal to draw these conclusions about somebody. I mean, this is how the brain works. But the research showed that when these subconscious, automatic judgments go into the big things like race, religion, you know, social status, politics when we start to include and make negative judgments about people, get this, the research shows it becomes harmful to us. Now, when I heard that, I'm like, wait, harmful to me? Yeah. Yeah, those automatic judgments and where we are can become harmful to us. And I think what's so cool about this, I was thinking about this, Tom. When When you say the word theology, does anyone know what theology is? What's that? No, well, well, it's Theo means God, right? What's ology mean? Oh, so it's a study of God. It was interesting. I'm going over this, these verses and I'm reading what Jesus is saying, and I thought, this isn't theology. Theology is a the study of God. This is the, the study of psyche, this is psychology. Jesus was teaching psychology. I know, I mean, it's just like, it just, I don't know for you, maybe it just wowed me. I'm like, because think about it. 2,000 years ago, Jesus was saying the exact same thing that a Harvard research study showed years later. Isn't that awesome? You know, there's no need to be afraid of science and afraid of psychology and things like this. We we actually have learned so much. You know, I I, I remember when... Sometimes I'd be like, "Man, I I don't know if if I could I don't know if I could actually discipline and treat my kids like the Old Testament says." Well, of course not. We learn new things about psychology and what can happen to kids if you treat them a certain way. They didn't know four and eight thousand years ago. Does that make sense? But Jesus did. Now, don't don't let me lose you here this morning. Jesus is talking about psychology. He's saying, "I need you to recognize these things." Look at some of the things Jesus says. Verse two, he says you will be guilty of the same things you find in others. When you say what is wrong in others, your words will be used to say what is wrong in you. Think about this. When you focus on the faults of others, you are totally missing what is going on within you. That's what I said earlier. Transformation never happens when you're, when you're completely focused and fixated on others' weaknesses. We have to stop that. Jesus says, don't do this. What did we say earlier? Transformation never comes from an external focus on other people. Transformation always comes when work is done where? Internally. See, when you make your spirituality external, it doesn't change you. And listen, I'm not talking down to anyone. I did this for years. What does that mean? What what do you mean your spirituality was external? Well what I did was the most important thing. Did I go to church every time the doors were open? Did I have my 30 minutes of devotional time in the morning? Was I praying enough? Was I working in the church? Was I giving in the offering? Uh, do you follow me? None of these things are wrong. But when my focus, when I believe my spirituality begins on the external, I'm totally missing out on the internal. And here's what I found Whether it was addiction, whether it was sin, maybe it was something in my life that I just wanted to overcome, it never changed trying to fix the external. It only changed when I first went to the internal. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We could say out of the abundance of the heart, your actions speak. Actions speak louder than words, don't they? So Jesus is saying something here so important, so amazing, and I believe transformative. In fact, when you live a life where it's more of a spiritual, the spirituality is external, it actually can heap more guilt and shame on you. Because here's what I found. I'm going to fail sometime. Let's make it plural. I'm going to fail sometimes. And so when you do, if your spirituality is completely based on the external, guess what? Here comes the guilt. Here comes the shame. Come on, we've seen it in the garden story, right? That's how it works. So what do we do in these situations? Jesus says, see the big piece of wood in your own eye. In other words, focus on yourself. By the way, not judge yourself. Focus on the internal. Awaken to these reactions you have towards others in judgment. Wow, I have a reaction. Why is that? We need to have an understanding where the judgment of others is coming from. And so I just want to go over this morning three ways that we can begin to curb our judgment, maybe tame our judgment just a little bit. Number one, say number one, self-understanding. Say that with me, self-understanding. It's really this question, what is going on within me? And these are not easy questions to ask ourselves. But what is going on within me? What what is the reason that I personally judge? Well, maybe we judge people because we're insecure. Maybe because we're fearful. Maybe you're in a situation where you feel intimidated or you're in the presence of someone that intimidates you. Maybe you're with someone who's different than you. And so I judge. Now, again, This is that subconscious processor. It's an automatic thing. If we don't see that we have, um, maybe identify that we have uh, insecurities, that we have fear, that we're being intimidated, guess what? We'll judge because it's an automatic thing. Another reason I judge is maybe because I feel alone. Maybe I don't feel like I belong. Maybe I don't feel like I fit in. Maybe I feel marginalized. Guess what we do? We judge. And have you ever noticed this, that this can so easily become a group thing? Have you ever noticed, let's just say you're at work and you start to judge. Someone catches on to that and they join the group and they begin to judge. Next thing you know, you got three and four and five people and you, you create this dynamic where we complain and judge together. And sometimes it could be singled out at one person. But so we get in these spaces, and, you know, I thought about this. When that happens, what we're doing is it just further pushes us into a place where we're even more unaware of our own insecurities, our own fears, and our own loneliness. We're not helping ourselves. Jesus says, deal with, see the bigger piece of wood in your eye. This is important. Why? We operate from the subconscious processor. Why do we do this? All to feel like we belong. Hey, I'm in a group. We're all complaining. We're all judging, so I must be okay. But here's the thing all along, you're ignoring your internal. You're ignoring the stuff that's really going on. So we have to get to this place of self understanding. And then we begin to judge because we think we're right on everything. Oh my gosh. I've been like this in my life. It's like, you know what? How I see theology, how I see politics, how I see the world, my view is superior. If they could only see things like I do. I remember when I was a young pastor and I would discover something new. I'm like, man, everyone's going to be so excited. And I just started sharing. That's my mother-in-law, Sharon. But I started sharing... I started sharing these things and didn't even realize, this is so crazy, Tom. This was, my heart was to help people, but my subconscious was still dealing with insecurity and, and maybe fear in such a way that when it came across, I literally had people come up to me and say, you know, I really don't appreciate the way that you talk down to me about how my beliefs are. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I, that's not my intention. That's not what I meant to do. And I'm like waving to them as they leave the church. I often tell people, my dad handed the church over me, and I grew it down in two years. It was amazing. Now, sometimes things just, just don't fit, right? Different personalities people, you know, are attracted to. I get that. And, and my dad still comes and speaks. You know, he's got a gift. It's great. And so I had to deal with some of that stuff probably because of my insecurities. But it's important that we didn't, don't get to this point where we think that our view is superior, which, again, I don't think comes out of arrogance. It comes out of insecurity. And we don't even see it. When people came to me and said that, I was like, what? I didn't even, I, didn't, I really didn't mean to. I didn't realize I was doing that. And Jesus is saying, wake up. Wake up to what's going on inside. See the log in your own eye. See the big piece of wood in your eye. But, but here's the issue, even with that. When we read verse three, it says, why do you look at a small piece of wood in your brother's eye and you do not see the big piece of wood in your own eye? You know what we've heard that as? You know what I've even preached this as? Before you judge someone else, you better judge yourself. Has anyone ever thought that? Like, that's really what we're supposed to do. Jesus is like, don't be judging others. You need to judge yourself before you even attempt to judge others. That's what I thought. And guess what? We did. We did judge ourselves, right? Don't judge others because of specks of dust when you have this big honking log in your own eye. I used to think that, man, it's like, why am I so caught up in them when I got this big honking log? I need to judge myself. Do you see how this works? And so to be a good, moral, upstanding Christian, what do we do? We must be extremely hard on ourselves. (laughs) I mean, at least this was my walk. I gotta make sure that, man, I gotta really be living this stuff. And I was trying so hard to live with this stuff. Has anyone ever heard of the treadmill of religion where you're really just trying to do it? And guess what? With good intentions. I mean, we're really trying to do the right thing, but again, we're we're focused on the external rather than than the internal. And because of this way of living, this way of life, our subconscious processor goes there automatically. It's automatically set to judgment and judging. And I even taught this in the past. All this does is bog us down even more in our own self-judgment. And then we judge others because of our own self-judgment. And then we judge ourselves because I just judge that person. But then we judge that person because they're different. Do you see the vicious cycle and how this works? And Jesus is like, wake up. I don't want you in this vicious cycle. This is not the way to live. So again, what does Jesus say and what does Jesus mean? He says, see the big piece of wood in your own eye before seeing the small piece of wood and another's. Well, the key word here is see. Jesus didn't say judge the piece of wood. Jesus said, see the piece of wood. And what's interesting is this word see or look or behold in some translations in the original language, Greek, is the word blepo, say blepo. And it means to perceive or to take heed. Jesus isn't even telling you to judge what's going on. He's saying, I want you to perceive. I want you to take heed. There's something within you, in your subconscious, that's automatically responding to others in judgment, and you don't. Even see it. I want you to take heed. I want you to see. Again, this has nothing to do with judgment, but everything to do with awakening to our automatic internal, or we could say subconscious processing. Isn't that eye-opening? No pun intended. So self-understanding. Another way to curb our judgment. Number two, self-compassion. Say self-compassion. This is so important. It's so important that we have compassion for ourselves. It's so important that we are able to forgive ourselves. I actually think that next week I'm going I'm to delve a little deeper into this idea of forgiving yourself. But think about this. When you can't give yourself compassion and forgiveness, it will just automatically escalate into the judgment of others. Listen, if you don't give yourself compassion, you can't have compassion for others. If you can't forgive yourself it's darn near impossible to forgive others. If you can't love yourself, good luck trying to love others. Do you see how this starts on the internal? It's important that we see this. See, most of us don't want to spend time focusing on ourselves because that's the hard work. So in order to take the focus off of us, we focus on others. That's where the judgment comes in. Again, the external approach to alleviate the internal seeing that Jesus calls us to. And here's the thing. If we can get to that place, in that place, in that space where we begin to see that log or that big piece of wood, and we begin to deal with that, it's a place where we can make peace with our inner critic. Because we all have this inner critic. And the way to alleviate that, the way to make peace with that, is to do what Jesus says. I need you to see. I need you to perceive. I need you to take heed. There's something going on internally. That's why you're judging others. Another way that we can curb our judgment, the third way and final, self-awareness. Say self-awareness. I have you repeat it, so maybe remember some of it. Self-awareness. I would even say self-awareness in the moment. It's the ability to notice in that moment that you're ignoring the internal. This is what I found in my life as I journey, I mature, I begin to be open. Here's the thing. It's never easy to deal with internal things that don't look so great, right? I think it's kind of cool that Jesus uses the idea of getting something in your eye. It's never comfortable. But what we do instead of dealing with that a lot of times is we'll focus on others but self-awareness is the ability to, in those moments, and this is what I've noticed. I used to be in a place where certain things I never even saw. There was no self-awareness at all. i just say something, not even realize it, maybe offend someone, not even know. But then I got to a place where right as I said it, you ever been there like, oh, you're trying to grab the words back? Why? You're becoming more self-aware. But then I think about where Jesus was in self-awareness, And because I'm in Christ, I can be a place where before the words come out, the thought comes, you're like, ooh, self-aware. You're like, oh, okay, okay. I'm noticing I'm fearful right now. I'm noticing I'm feeling intimidation right now in this moment. Oh, I get it. I feel insecure. That's why I'm being critical. That's why I have these critical thoughts and I'm judging right now. It's because there's something internal. It's self-awareness. And here's the thing. Understanding that these feelings are human is important. Sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves because we label ourselves as Christians. Well, I'm a Christian, so I got to be a certain way. I got to do a certain thing. I I got. No, no, no. Stop with all the pressure on yourself. Jesus promised to never leave you and never forsake you. You know that, that Paul says that we can do all things through Christ. And I usually say that we're like, I can do all things. And we almost stop there. We're like, yeah, yeah, my Christ, but I can do all things. And, you know, we put on a Nike shirt and we go play basketball. You know, it's like, that's, I don't think Paul was playing sports when he was thinking about this. Nothing wrong. Take your Christian T-shirts and bumper stickers. Do whatever you want. Make a profit. That's great. But the thing is, I can do all things through Christ. So it's not up to me. Jesus said that I'm the vine and you're the branches. Your fruit production is because of Jesus. So we don't have to try to produce some franken fruit. We can produce fruit of the Spirit. Why? Because he's producing it through us. It takes the pressure off. And so understanding that these feelings are human are so important. Feeling insecure or intimidated by someone else is human. We should never think, well, I shouldn't feel this way. No, you should feel the feelings. That's why God gave them to you. But how do you respond when the feelings come versus react when the feelings come. Does that make sense? Feeling afraid or like I don't belong is human. Humans for thousands and thousands of years have dealt with this. Listen, the more that you are aware, the more that it does the internal work of curbing or taming our judgment. So we have to become aware of this. This is what Jesus says when he says, I want you to see the big piece of wood in your own eye right? It's looking internally. And instead of a self-judgment, it's an amazing spiritual awakening that gives the opportunity to grow, to mature, to become a better version of yourself. This isn't some new age psychology thing. This is scripture. Jesus is saying, I want you to see this. Don't judge yourself, but see this. There's something internal that needs to be fixed. And here's the beauty of it. Jesus is like, and guess what? I'm the great healer. I'm the great physician. Let me heal those areas of your life. See, deep Christian spirituality and maturity is not knowing doctrine, a bunch of doctrine, and then behaviorally living out that doctrine. That's external. Listen, I don't have an issue with theology. I don't have an issue with doctrine. I'm a pastor. I study scripture. I have theology. I have different ideas. Now, I will say this. I'm open with my theology that if Holy Spirit brings something, whether it's the voice of God or someone else speaking in my life to go, oh, I've never saw it that way, I'm willing to dig deeper and see. Come on. But we have to get away from this external thing. See, I believe that deep Christian spiritual maturity is seeing who we are in Christ And simply being in this life. Because here's the truth the spiritual life is about being, not performing. And so often we make this about the external. And Jesus here is calling us to something different. He's saying, I want you to take a step back and I want you to begin to look inside. I want you to see. I want you to perceive. I want you to take heed to what's going on internally. That's why you're judging, that's why you're critical it's interesting i mean we have these opportunities constantly i had an opportunity this week someone said something to me and then they didn't follow through on their word and it changed like it changed a bunch in my family life it was not good and i'll tell you what i was irritated i was i was probably not looking and acting too much like a pastor not to someone but like like in my private going my private life going Oh, dear Jesus. And then I remembered, hey, remember that message that you're studying? I'm like, come on, Jesus. And so I began to see that person. I began to perceive. See, here's what's interesting. Jesus doesn't say to not see things in someone else's eye or in their life. He's saying, see it in yours first. And then you can be a healing agent to the other. And so what happened in that situation is I saw this person, because at, at first, honestly, they dropped down a couple notches in respect. That's just how I felt. But then as I began to think about it, Holy Spirit said, yeah, but, but why did they react that way? Why did they say that to you? Oh, they must have their own fear going on in their life right now. I'm like, wow, Lord. And actually, this friend, I was like, man, Lord, I'm sorry for feeling that. And instantly, like, I felt that still, small voice say, why are you sorry for feeling stuff? (laughs) Feel the feelings, but don't react. Look internally. Why are you reacting this way? And then you see past that to go, why is that person acting that way? It brings you to a whole new place, doesn't it? As I was studying for this, It's just those cool little things that happen. I was thinking about the visual that Jesus uses here with a piece of wood in the eye. How many know Jesus was a carpenter by trade? I mean, how many times was he in the shop or on the job site and he got like a speck of dust or a splinter or something in his eye? Come on. I mean, how many have ever got an eyelash in their eye and you just can't get to it? Isn't that the most frustrating thing in the world? You're like, oh, I just want to get this out of there. And so I'm thinking about, Jesus, you're just so cool. Like, you were probably in the shop one day and, and, and sawing something or something flew up. And you're like, oh, man, oh, you know? And then you're trying to get this out. And then later in your life, you were thinking about judgment. And you went, ooh, that's just like that splinter that was in my eye in the workshop when I was with Joseph when I was like 19. <laughs> Isn't that cool? And so he has this idea. He says, the speck. This 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 dust or this wood, and then he even goes hyperbole, right? A log. Who would have a whole log in their eye? But that's Jesus. He wants to say, listen, stop dealing with the small piece of what are the speck, or trying to figure that out in someone else. When you got a big honking log in your own, but not in a judgmental way, in an awakening way. Awaken to this. Perceive this. See this. I would call it a blind spot. You know. But verse 5, I want to wrap up with this. Jesus says, you who pretend to be someone you are not. Now stop there for a minute. How many of us have done this before? Here's the thing. That one line alone, it just totally brings everything in the context. Why why do we pretend to be someone that we're not? Because of fear, intimidation, and insecurities. (laughs) And Jesus is like, I want you to see this. See, we read other versions like hypocrite. You know, people throw that word around, right? But Jesus is saying, listen, you're pretending to be someone you're not. I don't believe Jesus was ever uh, mean-spirited or, or out for, you know, to, to, uh, to get you back. He's trying to awaken you. He's like, listen, you're faking. Stop pretending. He says, first take the big piece of wood out of your own eye. Then you can see better. To what? To take the small piece of wood out of your brother's eye. See how this comes full circle? It's about dealing with the internal things that we're going through. Because I realized something. This does something else for us when we deal with this. It gives us a greater empathy for others. See, go back to the idea of getting an eyelash or a splinter or something in your eye. I mean, you know how that feels, Right? So if you've ever experienced that, and then you have a friend or a neighbor or a brother who suddenly gets something in their eye, instantly go, oh man, I know exactly what you're feeling right now. See, that's, that's different than judgment, isn't it? It's saying, oh, I see what's going on. Especially brothers that we know. If we see this in their life, we can speak in their life and say, man, I've been dealing with that same thing. Let me clue you into something. Jesus wants us to begin to look internally. What is the cause of our responses, and why we do what we do. See, knowing the pain of the wood in our eye helps us with understanding others who are going through the same thing. Did you receive that? Man, I just, I just love how Jesus puts stories together, how he puts these ideas together. And I'll never forget now, whenever I get something in my eye, I'll think about, ooh, see, perceive what's in your own eye. Amen? Will you stand with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for scripture. We thank you so much for your love for us. I pray that this morning as we were going through this, that no one took this in such a way that they thought, oh, I better be harder on myself. I I better try and do more. This isn't about the external. This is about the internal. I pray that as we're going through this week and this month, and even this year, the Holy Spirit, when these moments come up where we see ourselves react to a situation with judgment or critically, that you would remind us, oh, 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 there's something going on internally. There's something we need to deal with. It might not be easy, it might hurt a little bit, but getting the splinter out is so important. And maybe the process of of working that splinter out may hurt a little bit, but in the end, there's such peace and there's such relief. I pray that we can grow in self-understanding. We can grow in self-compassion and forgiveness. We can grow in self-awareness. That we can even begin to see before we say, before we act, that we already begin to see those things And then we maybe stop and don't say anything at all. Or we stop and we say something completely different, something that's healing, not judgmental. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you always deal with us in a loving way, never to bring us shame, never to bring us harm. And so we're open. Just say that, Heavenly Father, I'm open. Holy Spirit, if there's an area in my life, internally, where there's something I don't see, show that to me. And Jesus, I ask you to heal that in me. Continue to work within me in these areas. I receive your healing. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name, amen.